Sometimes it's okay to laugh, even when we don't feel like it. I want to start off by doing something. And I want to invite you to do something really important, and that's to breathe. 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 Never forget to breathe. And I want to be clear, when I invite you to breathe and not forget to breathe, I'm really not inviting you to do something in a simple way that's supposed to make you feel all better and happy and joyous and, well, I breathed and so that's, everything's fixed now. I mean, there are those of us who find it centering to breathe, but breathing in of itself may not fix everything for you. But I'm inviting you to breathe because I imagine as many of you, and truth be told, I'm doing much better today than I was yesterday. And I also recognize that that is me, and that's not everybody. Many of us are in shock. I still haven't entirely figured out what I think about all of this. What I think about this election, what I think about the person who is assuming the presidency, what I think about bigger than that, what I'm really concerned seems to be appearing in the media already about people's reaction to this election. <laughs> I wrote this all last night and even now I'm looking at it and I'm not sure I know that I really want to say this because I don't know what to say to you. And there's a decent chance at some point I'm going to be a little cry just because the truth is I want to make it all better. I want to tell you everything's going to be okay and you don't have to worry because there's hope and there's joy. And I believe in, we use this word in theology called the eschaton. The eschaton, eschatology, is the uh, understanding of what happens in the end. Uh, at least that's a very simple way of understanding it. And so we like to talk about the eschaton in the church because we like to talk about hope. And in the end, God is good and God will always be good. And in the end, God wins out and goodness wins out and hatred does not win. Evil does not win. God and goodness win. However, and even if it feels like it to you that this might be the end, this is not the end yet. And so here we are today. I don't know what brought you here, but maybe it was because you're just trying to figure out what all this means. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I am too still. So I want to offer this small caveat that I normally don't offer for many of my sermons. And that's that these are my thoughts. These are hopefully not my ramblings, but these are my thoughts 
on everything that's going on. And I want to confess that I may say something wrong. I may not say something perfectly. And I may even speak from a place of privilege at some points. It's not my intention. I certainly tried to be aware of those, all of these things as I wrote this, but I just need you to know that my intentions are good. And I, I, my, my hope, my goal in all of this is, is that when you walk away from here, you might be able to say you saw a glimmer of that hope, even if you're not able to grab a hold of it just yet. Even if it's something you can't even imagine just yet. Because I also don't want to rush you into feeling better. I think sometimes we want to rush past our feelings to the good feelings. Uh, but sometimes we need to sit in the darkness. Because we need to recognize our feelings. Our feelings are telling us something. So... Wherever you are tonight, whatever you're bringing to this place, know that I'm, I'm just somebody who's trying to figure it out, too. Now, I, I have figured out one thing. That, uh, so this was my fourth presidential election voting. Um, and it was my fifth presidential election that I remember. Now, that's not a lot, but it's a few. And there's something different about this one. And what I have figured out is that it's not that the candidate that I wanted to win lost. It's not about a party that lost. I think for me, what is most hurtful is that I feel like there's something that has died. And that's the image that I had of America, of what it meant to be an American. In our flawed, flawed way, I really want to believe we are a place that welcomes everyone. It's made me think maybe hatred is more powerful. That maybe insults and assaults are the way one does become the most powerful person in the world. And to be honest, I'm personally a little terrified of what's going to happen to my own life as a gay man, as someone who just got married a month ago. But I'm not just worried about me. I'm worried about transgender persons, people of color, people of different religions than me, people with disabilities, people who are undocumented people who have family members who are undocumented. I'm afraid 
that this is a new America, that this might be our new norm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that it's going to be open season on anyone and everyone who might have some thought of dissent. And I really want you to hear that I'm not trying to scare you here. But hopefully that you hear you're not alone if you're afraid. In some ways, it feels like we're wandering into this great unknown. Now, I want to hold out hope that President-elect Trump is going to surprise all of us. I want to hope that. And unfortunately, the only thing that will tell us that is time. That's also why I picked that scripture that I, I picked for tonight. This psalm that says, in particular, this one, this one piece is what stuck out to me. Do not put your trust in princes and mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth, and on that day their plans perish. I want to believe that God is still in control. I do believe God is still in control. I want to believe that that means goodness is still going to win. I just don't know how we're going to get there. I did find an interesting piece as well that um, Reverend Dr. Amy Butler, who is uh, the senior pastor at the Riverside Church in New York City, um, she wrote a piece yesterday um, that I really felt like hit a chord with me. So I'm going to read a big ch chunk of it. It's not really a long chunk, but um, just want to put it out. These aren't my words. So, um, And I actually asked her if it was okay, and she said yes. So. Uh, it's also not plagiarism. Because um, sometimes when you don't have words, it's really nice to, to just take others' or use others' words uh, who have written something that speaks to you. So, as we think about our wandering, uh, remember when Abram left everything, his country, his family, his father's house, to set out towards something he couldn't see. As he stood one night under an inky black sky, looking up to the great darkness above him and wondering if he'd made the mistake, the biggest mistake of his life, God showed up. After decades of crippling enslavement in Egypt, the people had packed their possessions and gathered their families, and they were already feeling the sweet winds of freedom. But suddenly they heard behind them the shouts of soldiers, the creak of chariot wheels, and trampling hooves of horses. Terrified, they sped up and looked towards what was ahead, seeing only the glassy blue of water as far as their eyes could see. It was certain death for them. And then God showed up. 
For 40 years they wandered. Once during their winding travel through the desert, they got lost. So lost, and they ran out of water. As the last trickle dripped from the very last water bag, their children cried because they were thirsty, and their tongues stuck to the roofs of their mouths, and they knew this was the end. And God showed up. King Ahasuerus ruled over Jewish exiles in Persia with the help of an influential aide known Haman. Haman had it out for the Jews. He hated the foreigners living in his country, and he wanted them dead. So he convinced the king to allow him to completely eradicate them, to kill them all. But in the courage and wisdom of a young queen, Esther, chosen for such a time as this, God showed up. A young woman, just a teenager, living in ancient Galilee, discovered that she was pregnant. Certainly the end of any woman back then. In her desperation and fear, she declared defiantly, God's mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his, with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estates. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. And then she carried that baby to term, delivered him in a stable, and laid him in a manger. And God showed up. A young rabbi's message had, been, had begun to catch on. Crowds were turning out to hear him teach because they hoped beyond hope that he would finally be the one to deliver them from Roman rule. But he knew the message he was preaching wasn't a message of political power. He was all about the radical love instead. And when you insist that people turn the other cheek and give away their possessions and love their enemies, they will take you down. He knew it was coming, but he had to keep preaching the truth. So he went down to the riverside where his cousin John was blessing and baptizing people, and he waded into the river, mud squishing through his toes, water cooling his skin. He held his breath as John dunked him under, and he came up sputtering just as scared as when he went in, and the heavens opened, and a dove came down, and God showed up. As a pastor, I really have to believe that God will show up again. And I don't believe it's going to be in any way easy or that God will show up like the flick of Harry Potter's wand. And the uncertainty of what will come next may be excruciating at times. Struggles are never easy. But in all those passages I just read to you, things weren't always easy. Like I preached a couple weeks ago, sometimes it isn't all smiles and rainbows. Sometimes this thing that we do called faith 
and hope is really, really hard. And it's looking into the darkness and daring to be the light, even when we can't see the light ourselves. This thing called hope is maybe the most difficult thing that we can do. And it may be hard at times. It may be painful at times. I don't want to give you false hope because there may be tears ahead of us. There may be more nights where we feel the need to gather in spaces like this and huddle together and say, but I want to believe God it will show up again. I just don't know where God is right now. Where is God in all of this? I mean, I believe that God is in all of this, as in God is with us always. God is in everything, but sometimes it feels like the world is working so hard against what God is calling us to. Sometimes it feels like destruction is way more powerful than God. But I believe, and I'm hoping, that God is going to show up again. That God is not through. I even partly believe God's not surprised. Because we like to do things like this. We like to, and when I say we, I mean humanity. We like to push boundaries of what is for me. We're kind of a selfish people at heart. Again, as a whole. I don't want that to be true. But sometimes it's hard to see that it's not. But I believe God is going to show up. And I believe where I hold my hope is that God is going to show up when we stand up. When we see oppression. When we speak out against hatred. When we refuse to allow misogyny. When we refuse xenophobia and sexism and fear of other religious traditions, when we refuse to allow immigrants and LGBTQ people and the differently abled and the fill-in-the-blank here to be any way marginalized and repressed, when we refuse to allow anyone else to be violated, to be insulted, to be pushed to the side, to made feel unwanted, unloved. God is going to show up in us. The world will see goodness through us. I believe in goodness still. And I believe the voice of moral values has not been silenced.
the White House might be occupied by somebody who got it from bullying and insulting his way there by appealing to the lowest parts of ourselves instead of the highest. And it may be a rough four years, but it's only four years. And I believe in those four years, there is going to be lots of opportunities for us to stand up and try to offer hope. And if I'm honest, I'm moving a little bit past the hurt stage and into the angry stage. I want to see change. I refuse to see change rolled back. And I may not be able to stop the Congress from acting and the President from signing things, but that doesn't mean they're going to do it without seeing my face. When they do things that I find immoral, unjust, when they do things that are oppressive and filled with hate, I'm going to be standing there. And when they do things that are good, which I hope and pray they will, I'm going to be standing there as well to celebrate. Because I also believe that people can step down to the lowest, but we can also rise to be the highest. I believe at our core, we are all created in the image of God. The very worst of any of us ever in the history of the world are created in the image of God and are loved by God as a child of God. And because of that one simple fact, I believe in the goodness in everyone. I believe everyone has the potential to be good, even if they don't always act it or show it. I believe in the goodness of God. I don't know if all of this has made sense tonight. I don't know if I've said anything that helps. But hopefully this is the start of a conversation and not the end of one. And so, I want to invite you to breathe again. And then, when that, with that breath, when you're ready, I want to invite you to come stand with me and so many others and speak out. To stand up and speak and say that there is hope. There is still goodness. There are still moral values. There are still things that are these things which we hold to be self-evident and true for all people. So when you're ready, let's breathe together. Amen.